Special thank you to Seed and Stone Cidery and Lucky Buzz Meadery for sponsoring the show today. Uh, they help to make this show possible and supply us with the, the occasional beverage when we're out there. They've got 10 uh, taps full of meads and ciders made right there in-house. They've also got all sorts of awesome events going on, including an open mic uh, almost every single Thursday where you can come out and show your musical talent. So all you songwriters out there, uh, stop out and grab a cider or a mead and tell them that the songwriters couch and the Patrick Joen band sent you. Again, Seed and Stone Cidery right here in Rochester, New York. Go out and visit them and let them know we sent you. Thanks, guys. So welcome to episode number six of the Songwriters Couch. Today on the episode, I've got a very special guest, Mr. Rock Gulich. Did I pronounce it yeah. correctly? I drive That's it. pretty good. Rock Gulich, yes. <laughs> That's my name. Um, so before we start, I want to again thank, thank our sponsors for, uh, for making the show possible. And Rock, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, anytime. Yeah. Anytime. I feel like I'm finally returning the favor. It's been a few years since we... Uh, since we spoke it's been a few years it's it's been like probably three maybe even four years yeah something like that it, was it before the pandemic that we had a conversation i think it was right actually actually it was yeah just before huh that's amazing how you been doing how did you guys handle the uh pandemic over there by the way where did, oh tell, tell the audience first of all where where you are because we're we're filming this not in a usual time. Usually, I film this at night, so I'm drinking booze. Um, but this morning, <laughs> I'm drinking some coffee. But I, I have it in my my whiskey glass. It says, uh, "What does that say on there? Drink, work hard, drink whiskey." There you go. So, <laughs> fantastic. But there's coffee in there right now. So, <laughs> where where are you coming to us from, Rock? Well, basically, I've been in Slovenia all my entire life. Uh, that's where I was born, and that's actually where the companies, uh, well, the headquarters at least, um, are located at. So right now, I'm at the office. It's Saturday, uh, so nobody's here. I'm I'm free to do whatever I want, uh, which is kind of nice, uh, and it's great to to have you on the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess kind of the reason I wanted to bring you on one, I guess I, I kind of have to say this because, um, of the YouTubes and what have you, I, I am an endorser for your headphones. And if you see in all the episodes, I'm actually wearing, uh, your, your headphones here that you, you make cause they're, they're fantastic. Uh, and I know they're typically for like mixing and mastering. And these are the, the, um, what series are these with the open back? Um, what you actually have are the S4 model just before the S4X model. Yep, yep. So and it's I, one of the original series. I've seen those. So, so, but I love them because they're so comfortable to wear um, for like mm. periods of time. Like I, I have other headphones, but after a while, they start to kind of like press on your ears. These are big enough; they go over my entire ears. Um, mm. And I, I just kind of like the seventies kind of wood wood grain with like leather. It reminds me of like um, when I was younger. I used to go to the studio with my father. Um, and it reminds me of like all the headphones from back then, you know what I mean? But like but a model. All the gear back then, you know, everything was kind of like combination of woods and and, uh, and stainless steel and aluminum. And plastic was introduced kind of like in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. 
So what, what, I mean, cause you're a musician, um, right yourself. Mm-hmm. So you, you play in a band, I know. Um, and, yeah. uh, how did you get into doing, uh, I guess, why don't we, t- we start with, you know, I was going to read your bio, uh, the story from, from, your, <laughs> your, from your website, but, um, I figure it'd be better to, to have it come from, from you directly. Like, how did you go from, yeah. um, you know, being in a band, I guess, and writing music to all of a sudden manufacturing headphones. Cause I feel like that's a big, a big jump to make. Um, well, it is a level of insanity, I guess, <laughs> but, um, in, in short, I was, um, I was doing, uh, uh, project management at, um, at a software company basically. Um, and I was managing quite a lot of, um, employees or developers which is a challenge on its own um and over like five years i kind of got a little bit burned out uh, and then you know family came into the picture and so on um and essentially i decided that i needed to have a lot more flexibility um you know for the lifestyle that i want and that kind of pushed me into the direction of uh, creating something um you know my own company um, and I was always good with tools. I was always good with creating something out of nothing. Mm. Um, and that kind of sparked, uh, you know, the idea to why don't we create something um, that can be manufactured in a small place, in like in a workshop, so something like that. Mm. And the initial idea actually, with, um, I, I wasn't building headphones at first. I was making uh, tactile transducers, basically a pillow that you would put behind your back and it would vibrate at low frequencies, similar to sub-back, if you're familiar with that. So that was the initial idea. I started with that. And that actually got me the um, the first little bit of investment. It it was basically basically a grant, um, you know, from from Slovenia. Um, And I got 50K, which is, at the time, it was insane uh, amount of money. Uh, and it, that actually created the momentum to to be able to start really developing things, not worrying about you know your mo- monthly um, obligations that I had. And now you now you realize fifty grand is uh, not even a drop in the bucket of what you need to to really keep a company going, right? Um, but but I, I would fifty k, imagine- yeah, that's not that's like fifty uh, k. I mean, depends obviously on the scale, just like you know in household or, or whatever. But 50K is a lot of money if you put it uh, to work correctly. Sure. Um, on the flip side, of course, you know, we can't compare to, you know, like Sennheiser, for example, they will do 70 million in R&D alone per year. So obviously the scale is like very, very different. But 50K is a lot to get the project uh, going, which I'm sure that, you know, you know your community of songwriters, uh, you can do magical stuff and you can get a long way with just a couple thousand euros or dollars or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of an inspirational, uh, an inspirational kind of story to me too, because you're, you know, you kind of had this dream of like, okay, I want to, I want to continue to do, you know, music and I want to continue to do what I'm, I'm doing and, and starting a mm-hmm. is always difficult to like get into, uh, cause it's a whole different mindset when you have kids and you have, you know, responsibilities like that, that you have to, uh, uh, you know, yeah. stop worrying about, okay, am I going to be able to spend time with them? And then on top of that, you know, obviously I need to be able to provide for them and all the, all the likes yeah. so you kind yeah. of started with that. And, and 
you know, like you said, 50, 50 grand sounds like a lot of money, especially if you're mm. starting from, from kind of a garage. Um, mm. But it ends up, you know, going, like I said, going fast, I, I feel. Um, but you, you manage to make something out of nothing. And, and I know that feeling of uh, creating. I think a lot of the songwriters on here um, uh, that I've had on the show know that feeling too, where, where it kind of comes out of your your mind and all of a sudden it's in the real world, whether that be a song or headphones or, um, you know, our cider makers <laughs> that sponsor us or yeah, it, it is, you know? It, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's about being creative, you know, manufacturing, at least for me, it was always like, Oh, that's like a factory. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot more than that. And, you know, we have research and development department. We have then business development department as well. So these are very creative kind of tasks that we have to handle day in day out and it always changes there's so many you know like pivots going on all the time um it's it's similar to your industry as well you gotta innovate all the time yeah yeah so what what i guess what was the biggest um biggest thing you learned i you know like early on in the the process because i would imagine you're probably in a in a garage was it a garage you had or what was the what was your first yeah. uh your first manufacturing, you know, plant. Oh, dude, uh, it was my dad's garage. Yeah, dad. uh, I've started there. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically using home tools. Uh, you know, in America, you would say from from the Home Depot. Yeah. Uh, over here, it would be Obi, uh, but same shit. Uh, so basically, using drills and and hammers and nails and you know whatever tools that were available, hand tools. Um, to create the first product, I was basically just to prove to myself that I can. Yeah. Um, it was not really an idea of, hey, that's going to be a company someday. It was more like, you know, I've left the previous job. I was kind of in between. You know, just do something to, you know, kind of like stay in the creative flow and and, and don't get too lazy on the couch. Yeah. Um, but that's then, you know, somehow I've met this guy over here in this building that we have the company now. Um, and he said, hey, we have these grants and it's really difficult to even, you know, use all the funds available because there's not like many ideas out there and so on. And it was like, all right, I'm going to apply if you really insist. <laughs> and I got it. So that kind of like the beginning of, of this journey. Yeah, see, that's 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 another thing that I feel like it's, it's you know, that's the inspiration I'm talking about. It's like uh, uh, mm. the going from an idea in your head to executing is, is a big deal. Um, I think it's, it's the difference it between that, you know, people that are can successfully, uh, bring an idea to fruition is, is the execution part, right? Cause everyone can have ideas on, I invented this in my head. Uh, but when it comes to actually putting it out into the real world, that's a whole different, <laughs> whole different ball game. And I feel like, um, there's an emotional attachment to that because there's so much of you that goes into it. Cause it's a big risk to throw, you know, let's say you get an idea, whether it be a song, you know, you write and you put it out into the world and people are going to be judging it with a product. Um, it's almost it's almost less emotional. I don't even know if that's true for the customer. Um, and so mm -hmm. they tend to think of it as a product. So they'll rip it apart in reviews if you you know, if there's something wrong with it or whatever. With songs, yeah. people tend to feel, OK, you're. We'll give you a little emotional, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comfort. It's the game of of 
Uh, right. o- o- objective or scientific or right. you know like, facts versus <laughs> your subjective experience and when it comes to music it's impossible to objectivize it yeah. you know it's if it's good to you and not to me that's fine you know yeah, yeah. That, absolutely that, there there's a third element sorry to interrupt you there's the third element where what you said earlier like you have an idea and then you have an execution but then you gotta keep going. That's the third element, right? So it's not just make it one time. You gotta reinvent and redo it and stay in the flow and stay relevant. That's which right. is the same for songwriters. You make one song, that's great, but you gotta you gotta do another one and another yeah. one and another one. That's difficult. That's that's the classic like sophomore album syndrome, right? Where a band goes out and they they spend you know ten years making their first album. It's a huge success or whatever. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden you got to do the second album. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh my god! Like, you know, you've got six months to do it or that, three months. That r- reminds me of the early nineties. Um, I'm sure you're going to be familiar with the Pearl Jam band from Seattle, right? Yep, yep, 100%. So they had like, the, the first album was called 10, I think. The second one was Versus and Yield and then No Code and so on, I think. Yep, yep. Uh, and, you know, the first one made Pearl Jam a reality. And all that came later are just kind of like still uh, paddling on the first album from the 1991, I guess. Huh. You mean like the, the songs are reminiscent of that album, sort of? Like they're yeah. similar, yeah. Yeah, I... In a way, they've created their own brand recognition and kind of sound, if you will, um, with that album. And everything is always referenced to that album. So it's, is the new album, the new songs, are they like as good as those were? You know, it's always kind of like going back yeah. and trying to do, to do that connection. Yeah. Do you, do you think, do you struggle with that? Um, with regards to the headphones and your your company now too, like trying to kind of because you know that that first time you do it too, it's always um, super exciting too, right? It's like the first um, uh, the first time you actually get someone to purchase, let's say, your headphones or purchase your music or or uh, you know you mm-hmm. go to perform and someone comes up and like, oh, that was good. Um, do you do you find yourself constantly trying to? I mean, I can tell that this is true because I, I see it in your your latest products. But you find yourself constantly trying to make it better or chase like chase the dragon, as they say, um, <laughs> in other words. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So of is course. that it, how is that typically driven by you or or your team or like how does how does a product mm. that's already because this is my you know like I said these are the first generation and they're they're pretty mm. fantastic, um, you know, and you. you you have to come up um, with innovations all the time, I guess, to make, you know, the next product better. Um, and I'd imagine it's probably from feedback from users and then your own kind of experience. So we could do this a little bit better, that a little bit better. Um, it's always a mixture of kind of like three things, I would say. So idea stage, that's one thing. And there's the feedback, uh, right? So we have all of this, but then there's always technology involved. So you have technology on one side, um, you have kind of execution on the other, if you will. And then the ideas um, that, that come from, you know, anywhere. Um, I've, you know, I got ideas from watching Netflix. You know, why not? I mean, yeah. there's ideas are everywhere. You just need to capture those and then maybe see if it's relevant for your case. And the fun thing is that we many times, I mean, I'll say this for me, for myself, many times I forget about the the, the time element. 
in you know just uh, in life basically. So if when and you know that for sure, and you have experienced that, maybe if you're buying a car, for example, or buying a guitar or whatever, suddenly you're gonna see that you know model or that brand. You know, every five cars is gonna be the car that you're watching you know, that you want to buy, right? Suddenly. You know, two years ago, you never saw it. And two years later, you, you're not going to see it again. So it comes to this timing element or the timing of your, um, I, I don't know, help me out here with my English vocabulary being a little short. Uh, it's like a, a, a timing element to your life and to what you're experiencing and to what you're thinking. And based on that, what ideas are actually captured and then you can uh, implement them or at least uh, have a critical um, discussion with yourself about the idea, but it always comes down to a timing element. Mm. It, at least that's how I see it. Yeah, and I, I think that there's there's um, a similarity to you know to making music too. Like you're you're trying to say like when when the product comes out, the timing of it's in, very important, and and when uh, things get released or features get released, I would I would say on a a headset yeah there was a, a cool uh um i had a bot podcast like a few months ago with sean talman uh, he's a great engineer for he did i think eminem songs and and rihanna songs and so on um and and he said like a um um an interesting thing about this timing element of things that are happening in your life so he has an artist coming in, doing a mixing, um, doing a recording, he was mixing it. And the artist was in, um, in the, in the Wu-Tang uh, kind of records at the time, heavily influenced. But the record that he was making was like six or even eight months old, something like that. So his mentality in approaching and making decisions in the mixing, does it sound right or not, were heavily influenced, you know, by by the records that he was listening that week or that, those two weeks, yeah. rather than what he was listening to when he was actually creating, or she actually, uh, creating the uh, the album. So that time aspects will influence your judgment again and again, and you need to be aware of it. Otherwise, you, I think uh, you start jumping around so with ideas and you're pivoting too much, and then it's all kind of like a mess if you yeah, forget yeah. about the focus. That's I don't know. Did, did you experience that? Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that point. I feel that's definitely true because depending on what I'm listening to at a time, too, even just the songs I write, you know, will kind of mm. be, uh, be influenced in some way, shape, or form by what I'm listening to. And then, yeah, when it comes down to mixing and mastering and what you know, what you want that sound to sound like uh, in the end, I'm sure that's the case too. I'll be honest, Rock, I'm I'm terrible at mixing and mastering, so I usually I usually sub that out to someone else. Um, that's more proficient in it. Um, but I do mm. give your headphones a run for their money because I try and then ruin mixes and ruin masters and, and <laughs> send it off to the professionals to, <laughs> to do it. I'm more of a, I guess, a performer than, than anything else. The technical side I, uh, I tend to um, uh, finagle around with, but uh, I, I've never become you know, too much of an expert in it. I, th my ear, that's great. I can hear whether or not it's different. I just don't know what knobs I should be twisting and turning to make them sound the way I want them to sound, you know? Well, it's, it, it comes down to self-awareness, right? What, what are you good at? What, are, what is your skill set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's probably really important with regards to a company too, right? Because you have your yes. strengths, you have your weaknesses, and then uh, for your weaknesses, I would imagine then you, you hire 
um, or you sub out work to to individuals that are that are you know capable. Um, what is that yes. like? Because I know with you know with regards to a band, I always equate this with with this podcast to like being in a family. Um, but it is also like running kind of a business because you've got you know not necessarily stepping. Imp- employees but yeah you have different personalities you have um you know they're human beings that are doing the work and then you have people that have their strengths as well as weaknesses mm-hmm. and you have your strengths and weaknesses what is like how how do you approach the leadership of a company like that is it is it something you've gotten from experience mm-hmm. from being in bands is it something like you had experience before doing that or is it something you're just kind of flying by the, by the seat you, you, you... You remind me of uh, an attempt, probably now it's almost 10 years old, uh, an attempt of uh, writing a book with a title uh, that you mentioned, so Business Lessons from Being in a Band. Ah. Um, so I, I actually had like a preface and then I stopped. And it's it's still on the bucket list. Yeah. Um, so half obviously... Written, half written, sorry? In a, in a notebook? Yeah, so, so yeah some basic ideas and you know, just again the timing element of your life right yeah. um but the <clears throat> when it comes to um designing a company or when it comes to designing uh, you know or having building your own family um or a band it, it doesn't really matter because it all comes down to relationships mm. it's always about a relationship Either it's a relationship that you have with another human being, but it's also the relationship you have to to um, to values and beliefs, and you know even to things. For example, if you got a um, you, you know like a songwriter coming in with a guitar, like you're holding right there, and I'm still waiting for a song. Uh, you know, if it's like really dirty and not taken care of, you're showing off to everyone um, your relationship relationship to the instrument that is prob- most probably uh fitting you and your family right so but everything is in a in a relationship kind of way and it, those things and things that are true for any relationship are exactly the same in a company right how do you take care of you know of course employees but also how do you take care of the gear how do you take care of your competitors right do you respect them do you learn from them you, know, you can actually go and, and check. I had some fun with SonarWorks a few days ago. They've released something. And on Facebook, uh, they had like a little shit story going on. Okay. Um, and I was just hanging there, you know, commenting, liking. It was really, really fun to watch uh, in a way. Yeah. Uh, really fun to watch uh, a competitor going through the same things that we are going with when we are releasing stuff. You know, there will always be somebody sad or angry or, you know, just bought the headphones like two weeks ago and I will have a new headphone, new release updated with lower price. Oh my God. Right. Of course it, of course it sucks, but it's, it's a part of the game. There's nothing you can really do. So yeah, again, to to circle back relationships are the same in, in professional, you know, uh, environment like a company, but it's the same in a band. It's the same in a songwriting uh, group, I think. Yeah. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. All, all the listeners and watchers out there, just keep an eye out for Rock's book coming out in the next few years. I'll, <laughs> I'll push you. I'll check in every couple of years there. Oh, uh, it looks like the meeting is telling me it's going to end in 10 minutes for some reason. Uh, did I'm I... left, yeah. Oh, geez. Okay, well, um, 
Well, let's do this because I want to. I want to have a couple of things happen before the end of this because I didn't realize uh, maybe I haven't uh, extended my Zoom uh, my Zoom professional uh, thing. I guess so. Um, the thing, kind of, I wanted to to touch on is the difference between like an endorsement and being like sponsored by a brand, right? And for the mm-hmm. songwriters out there that are doing that, you know, like I said, I'm I'm an endorser for you know, for Olo headphones, um, that you're not sponsoring me. You're not giving me money, anything like that. Basically what I'm saying is that these headphones are fantastic. I personally can endorse the fact that they're, they're fantastic. And, and, um, you know, am, am speaking about it. Um, how important do you think are those, you know, those things? Cause you know, you open it up to musicians and to mixers and masters, engineers and, and the like, um, to be a part of that program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, how important was that and why did that kind of become a thing? Well, obviously it's a two way street, right? So endorsement program, uh, is meant to work, uh, for you as the endorser and for us, right? It's kind of like two way street going on. So we endorse you. Well, first with like better pricing of the obvious thing. Right. But you're also listed on on the, our web page. You can, if you want, that comes down to you and you know how um, uh, how active you are in the community. But you can connect with anyone in the endorsement through us. Uh, you can ask for recommendations. Uh, we are in contact with a lot of people daily, and we do have kind of like a, a feel for the beat or the rhythm uh, of every single individual endorser. Right. So some will, you know send us projects like every two weeks or every week. Hey, I have a new record. Hey, I did this, I did that. I was included here and there and they're updating their profiles. So we know which guys are really in the music industry are really making, you know, they have a momentum and they're really strong in that. And, you know, we can also distill the ones that are like occasionally doing some things or not really serious about that. So you can use that community um, and, you know, just using, again, relationship with us uh, to forward it on to others. Uh, and basically what we're asking in exchange for, you know, the better pricing and and, uh, and all of this community and other stuff that come up, including beta testing, for example, um, is that you support us in any way that feels natural for you. In your example, it's a podcast, you're wearing those and that's all I can ask. You know, it, that's not the only reason why I brought you on here. Like I said, I, I, mm. I found it uh, interesting talking with you the last time, so I really wanted to kind of get get into your brain and, and pick your brain. I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to probably, once once this uh, time here runs out, we'll, uh, we'll stop it and I'll kind of start again so we can get start, a, little, yeah. a little bit more and I'll edit it after the fact. I, I haven't used mm-hmm. this. I had my old... Um, my old podcast I used to do, and I did have a professional, but I must not have, I must not have renewed it because we've been doing all of them live here in the in the studio. Mm. Right now. Um, but um, yeah, so so the endorsement thing is, I, I I appreciate that you do that because you know sometimes people are also on the fence um, when it comes to purchasing something, especially if it's a smaller company producing something like this, right? And they're a little expensive. And okay, I want to get, I want to, I want to try these out, but um, I don't know if I'm willing to drop you know, the full, mm. uh, amount mm. of to test it. Um, mm. and I, I feel that it's, it's, it's a great thing for, um, you guys to offer, uh, but it has to be mutually 
beneficial, right? So, so for all the songwriters and musicians out there, the reason I bring that up is because a lot of people are looking for maybe endorsement deals or they're looking for sponsorships or things like that. And you mm -hmm. have to think about it when you're in a band or you're a musician as a, as a business um you know, as a business would think about it. You can't just go to a, a, a business that's manufacturing stuff and say, I just want free stuff and, you know, I'm not going to really do anything with it and I just want the free stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You've got to make a business case as to why it makes sense for them to, one, want to offer you either a discount or something like that. But then, two, yes. um, you know, how are you benefiting them? Uh, what You know, what's what's the benefit to them of you, you know, you uh, having their product or using it? Like I said, I really love these headphones, so I use them all the time and you'll see that in every podcast I've done in the last um, last few years and uh, most of the music that I've I've attempted to mix and master has been done on these so um, I really appreciate like your attention to detail with them and and how they um, you know uh, how they sound and all that and that's something I want to get into here I'm gonna stop mm -hmm. this recording now before it breaks and for everyone listening and watching we'll be back in like two seconds probably less via the cut, right? They won't even know that it happened. So give me one moment. I'll, I'm going to stop it and we'll restart it. All right. For everyone that's still paying attention, we're back. <laughs> Hopefully that was a great edit I just did uh, in the future. Um, but we were talking kind of about um, about the the similarities between, you know, running a business and, and a family and, and um, you know, and... Uh, and songwriting and that sort of thing. And then we got kind of into the endorsement thing. And I think that, um, treating your, you know, treating your music like a business, um, is something that's important. I, and yes, like I said, I, I do want to, I do want to send out an appreciation to you for including, um, the people that are going to be using the headphones in the discovery of, of things, you know, with feedback and stuff like that, because, um, mm -hmm. you know, similar to, to music, when you put out a product, um, you know, you can kind of get in the headspace of I'm going to just make this uh, for me and what what my desires are, what I want out of this. Um, and you can you can sometimes um, ignore what your you know your customers are saying or your listeners when it comes to songwriting. Um, you know, do you find that sometimes when you get feedback, uh, you can take that a little personally, or do you find? Oh God. <laughs> That's like the, the most difficult part of, you know, having your own face and um, personal brand and your own integrity in a way um, melted into a product and a company. Um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult. So I've, I've had an interview like probably a year ago uh, with a reviewer and <clears throat> he had a great question. Uh, he asked, you know, what what bothers me with re reviewers? And it was like, and it's like, <clears throat> feedback is very personal. It is very technical. It's very objective. It's facts. Uh, I and, you know, everybody in the team, we need to gather, gather it, learn from it. Um, but it always hurts when it's like, Know, so much effort and so much love and passion that goes into these products. Um, and it's basically like in songwriting, if somebody says like, you know, why did you use that phrase? You should use the other phrase, stuff like that. Yeah. It's very personal. Uh, the same, it is the same. It, it is a creative process, like 
we opened this podcast or videocast with you know creativity in mind. So it is the same way if you're designing a product or if you're designing a song, if you're designing an idea to spread, it doesn't matter. It's your idea. You've put your effort in it, yeah. um, your love and passion. So yeah, it does hurt, particularly when there's a, another authority saying something, right? Uh, so not like just an individual, but like a reviewer with a lot of reach um, saying something. Uh, if it's just negative, that's great. It's an opinion, all good. What really hurts is that uh, it's misinterpreted. Misinterpreted? Shit, I can't say that word in English correctly. <laughs> um, but, you know, like little mis misinformation going on. Um, and then you're portrayed either personally or a brand in a way that's not right. Yeah. So it's like uh, I, I imagine that happens in, in your line of, of work as well when you create a song and somebody says maybe uh, from the authority uh, kind of level um, and remarks it as, you know, it's kind of like a soft song or the message is a little too soft or something like that. Yeah. You know, you did everything you could to make it really on point and it didn't get across. Um, so that, yeah, of course it hurts. Yeah. And it takes a, a bit of a, a disassociation from your, you know, what you've made uh, to be able to take that and then actually, you know, implement some changes based on, on any feedback that, of course, is, is useful. Mm. Um, so let's, let's do this. And I don't want to make it like a big commercial, let's say for, for your product, but I do kind of want to give you some, uh, some time to talk about the actual headphones themselves. Um, because from, from my standpoint, I'm not a super technical, um, you know, equipment guy, I know a little bit enough to get by and enough. To yeah. Get by. Yeah. Um, I tend to kind of zone out, even though I'm in, but by trade, I'm an engineer during the day too, uh, Rock. I don't know if you know that, but but I, I am an engineer, so I'm a nerd enough. But for some reason, I just can't. I, I never get into the technicals of of uh, like the sound equipment that I have. I just know what sounds. Yeah, good, yeah. You know. Um, so with you have three different models, right? Of the of your headphones. Do you have like examples of them? Yeah. In front of you. Yeah, I I have the S5X over here. Uh, so that would be um, the spatial mixing. So for Dolby and, and at, uh, Dolby Atmos, for example, or Sony or for gamers, Unreal uh, Engine, I mean, game audio design, for example. But, you know, just let's not make it a sales pitch. Basically, what we are making are headphones for professional use. They are calibrated headphones, so they have really flat sound to what we think based on feedback and also lab lab research uh what how should they be tuned and what is actually flat and what will translate your mixes between you know uh, smartphone devices uh, little pods headphones car stereo or you know a huge dolby blown atmos whatever uh cinema if you will now uh, so these are made for that kind of situation where you have to mix and check and cross-reference uh stuff and those are those are also open back. It looks like you've got the cutouts in those yeah. that that model too. And then you have the closed back as well, right? Yeah. Is that, is that also a model? So what what are those like? What is the difference if someone was just getting into mixing and mastering? Right? What would be the difference between like an open back and a and a closed back? No, it it actually starts with who you are and what you want to do in in this you know industry professionally or as a hobby. It doesn't really matter. So if 
if you're seeing yourself like nine out of 10 situations, you will be recording something, then you need the closed back headphones, no matter what. Um, the one time that you mix something, you'll deal with it. If you see yourself as an engineer producer, um, then, you know, recording occasionally, but mostly in the box stuff, then you need the open back version. If you're doing that in stereo formats, mostly, meaning, I don't know, Tidal, Spotify, etc., uh, then you need the, the one that you have, the S4X. If you're doing Dolby Atmos or Sony or cinematic stuff, then you need the S5X, uh, which will incorporate a little bit different sound stage and different target curve, and they will really nicely work with uh, so-called binaural technology and well, down mixing in, in Atmos. I would, I would love to kind of get into some of those the technical stuff. Like, how do you determine, like, is there a specific... Um, you know, when it comes to like tuning it to a particular sound, like you uh, want a flat sound, yeah. right? Is it the materials? Is it the like what? What is? What are you tweaking to get those sounds? And then are you measuring it against something like a like a technical from a technical sense, like wavelength? Yeah, it's, it's it? yeah, yeah. We can get in, into the geeky land, if you will. Yeah. Um, but um, in, in short, um, so the headphones are similar to speakers in a way or similar to your guitar basically you have a, a resonator right over there with a hole and that hole um kind of determines uh, its natural resonating frequency and it will be different for different guitars so you know the the bigger the, the resonator the more kind of like full sound you'll have but also you'll have a, a more area a surface area in con contact with the air which is the medium through which you know every sound all sound goes if you don't have air you have nothing in space you will not be able to listen to music okay. um so with fat phones it's a similar idea there's uh, again like uh, a little bit of a resonator uh, as as the chamber um and it needs to be controlled in a way so you would have like the hole in the shape of the resonator on a guitar uh, over here you have these little holes at the back uh, but also how things are designed at at the front. Um, so is it you know flashed or is it at an angle? Is there like a conical design to it that will change the um, the impedance over there? So for example, you know that from uh, you've seen that in speakers. You know the little twitters on on the speaker. Um, they always have like this kind of like conical shape, which helps helps them. Um, kind of like penetrate the, the 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 resistance of air uh on them so with that conical uh kind of radiation um you need less power to make it go uh, louder and wi wider basically so it's similar in headphones hmm. so what how if do that you, make sense yeah do you do you use like one of those you know have you ever seen those fake ears you know that that has like a microphone inside? yeah of course do you have yes. those you have those? yeah of course uh, that's like uh, it's it's a big debate, so we can go really technical over here. Yeah. Uh, so we have different target curves. So for example, um, let's try and 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 uh, let's try and find uh, like uh, uh, an idea of what is actually flat sound or what is neutral sound for your guitar. Right? You record it, and then we'll have a debate on does it sound natural now or should I like 
change the microphone to sound more natural? Should I EQ it a little bit to sound more natural? So it's going to be a debate between different people. What is more natural and what is already colored? Right? So where, where are the limits? The same comes with, down to, to monitoring systems, speakers, rooms, and headphones. You know, how should we tune those in order to be really natural for the majority of people? And that's the idea. And there's this company, huge company, corporation, Harman International, right? Uh, they were bought by Samsung a few years uh, ago. Uh, so what they did is uh, they developed so-called Harman target curve, which is used for speakers, rooms, but also for headphones. They have different variations of those. And they did that quite like it's 15 years of experiments um, to get down to the idea of ideal target curve. That would be like a frequency response that is the most neutral for any situation and for any years on the planet. Great starting point. Uh, but of course, we have different tastes and so on, but also different needs. So as a recording engineer or, or as vocalist or a guitar player, um, you will benefit by hearing the mid frequencies really, really well, because that's where most of the things happen for you. But then you have like a EDM producer on the other side. Sure, meets are important, but if he or she does not really hear the low end and the super sparking end, then you know it's impossible to balance it out. So you'll have two professionals both requiring and needing like something that's flat that will help them translate whatever they made to different systems and situations and scenarios. But at the same time, they need two very different. Uh, monitoring in order to perform. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we come in. And that's why we have the S4R target curve, which is for vocalists, guitarists, and etc. Very much mid-forward oriented, a little bass, a little high-end, not too much, very mid-forward. Then we have the S4X for stereo, which means that they will translate really nicely into a room with, with two speakers um, or to just casual uh, headphone, uh, yeah, headphones or earpods, etc. And then we've developed the um, the spatial audio, which yep. comes down to your, you know, how your ears actually pick information or lo localize sound. Um, and to do that, we need extra um, high frequencies actually to be involved in a little bit less less bass. So there's another target curve for that uh, use case. So that that's also been developed by is it you said the Harman curve right is the name of yeah. that curve is that a, yeah. there's a similar um, target you said for um, for the spatial audio yeah that that I haven't even begun to I mean I think I've released some of them in spatial audio but they haven't been mixed mm -hmm. and mastered I don't think for uh, spatial audio it says that it is on iTunes <laughs> or whatever but I don't think it's been appropriately mixed and mastered for that. Um, that, that must've been, is, is that like a, like a huge leap from where you guys were on a, a, in a technical standpoint, or was it just kind of a next iteration of like where, where headphones are going? It was basically listening to the marketplace and you know, what's going on in the industry. Where is it going? And, you know, there's more and more of this Dolby Atmos and, and everyone else as well. Also don't neglect this. So you are in the music industry, right? But there's a whole other industry which is just um you know cinematic film and multimedia and so on they're all using audio as well and they're very strongly pushed into spatial kind of 
formats, right? So th they have a different requirement and we had to kind of adjust the S4X to meet those requirements as well. Um, that's basically what happened. So yeah, it's two different uh, different uh, tar target curves. Imagine something like um, in songwriting, I'm not really a guitarist, uh, but you know you do have different tunings. Uh, you know the, the Irish one when you have the G string yeah. turned to something else. You know it's kind of like the same thing. If you want sound, if you want to have a sound of a guitar that sounds like Irish, if you're making Irish kind of like vibes, you have to use that tuning. And it's the same here. Do you really want to mix on headphones, spatial audio? Well, then you got to have the headphones that will support that. So it's the same thing. It's yeah. All this uh, this stuff is really super interesting to me. I, I think I want. How big is your facility? If I were to come out there, Slovenia. Mm -hmm. What? How long yeah. is that? Is that fifteen hours? Fourteen hours? If I came out there and something like that, something like that, yeah. I might I might have to come out and see see some of your facility and what you're doing uh, at some point in the future if you're down to have me out there. It, um, if you do, by the way, we are like 30 minutes away from Venice, Italy. Oh, then I'm definitely I'm gonna I'll be out there. All right, next <laughs> next week, rock up. <laughs> I'll be out there. Um, so I guess what what is um, what's upcoming here? I mean, what do you what do you if you guys uh, I mean whatever you can share, obviously. What are you working on? And one of the things I I really like in a headphone, and maybe I'll just express this now. Um, hmm. I know wireless is a challenge because Bluetooth is just so much latency on it, and you degradate the sound. I mean, it's getting hmm. better with with Bluetooth and whatever. Um, but I've always wondered why there wasn't like Wi-Fi headphone, like like utilizing hmm. Wi-Fi for for um, you know the wireless part of it. Um, is there a challenge in making a wireless like mixing mastering headphone outside of maybe the latency of Bluetooth? Um, what would be the reason to make those? Um, just because I feel like right right now I've got a camera, it's wireless, and I can kind of just move it around, but it's connected over Wi-Fi to you know to my computer, mm -hmm. so it's pretty good signal. And I feel like, especially as a guitarist or as a musician, a lot of times like you have your guitar here, right? And I've got, mm -hmm. I've got a cable here that's you know could couldn't potentially be rubbing against the the guitar or what have you. If I was completely wireless, I could potentially be moving around a bit more. And sometimes I'm <clears> recording. <throat> I'm recording as well as mm -hmm. um, playing, right? So I'll mm -hmm. be playing, mm -hmm. and then I'll need to go over and hit stop on the record. And if I've got cables attached to me, mm -hmm. I, I pull on them or what have you. Um, so I, I know there are challenges, obviously, there with wireless. Um, have mm -hmm. you ever explored like trying to do something that's wireless that would be, you know? No, not not really. We didn't explore it, and I don't think we will anytime soon. But um, there is something that we need. Basically, uh, you can buy the extension cable from us, uh, which will get you know from your couch to wherever it needs to go, and it has like a little buckle, uh, yeah. if that's the correct English word, uh, that you can put on your. Um, oh, beautiful! You can attach to your uh, belt, right? So you can attach it to your belt. Uh, so then the cable only goes you're actually wearing that wrong, so you didn't read the manual. Yeah. Um, the, cable, the cable, in terms of when you're recording, should go behind your back. Behind, yeah, um, I actually got it. I think I did. Yeah. But I've got my little wireless, my in-ears that I'm using, actually. Exactly. To, to exactly. So you are wireless right now already. Yeah, that's right. With a lot, with, with a lot higher quality than, than it would be and at a better price. So right now, if you're looking at this as uh, from a business perspective, right, like a business model, 
uh, if you have like 400, 500 uh, bucks for these headphones, right? So 100 goes to whatever government, then you're left with 300, right? Out of those, there will be resellers, distributors, etc. So it will come down to less than 200. And then that's kind of potentially what we get, right? But with that, we need to survive, develop, and do everything and still have a solid margin, right? So basically, we need to create something for less than 100 bucks um, to make it work in the marketplace. Um, so do you want these 100 bucks to be used on sound right. or transmitting sound? Yeah, and That's what you're going to get. You can buy Bose or whatever, wireless. You're going to get the transmission of sound for 400 bucks. And with a lot of DSP involved, EQing and manipulating the crappy sound in order to make it sound kind of like normal. Right. Uh, but if you are a professional, you're not going to do that. Yeah. You want to have like the pristine sound and you don't care so much about the other part. And yeah, I think guess I'm waiting for the the wireless technology because these are, these are obviously professional headphones. And so mm. you the best quality. And, and honestly, right now, the best quality is, is a wired um headphone no yes about, right because you you even yeah. with the with these things you know you get a little bit of interference sometimes in rf and you get you get all sorts of noise that can kind of be introduced yeah, to it um via wireless but i'm just waiting for the moment when it becomes so uh you know so uh good the wireless technology that eventually you don't have to have it to, will you know connect it, at some point yeah okay. it will at some point and um, without a doubt so the, the biggest question that comes from, from wireless technology is not just the transmitting of the signal, uh, transmission of the signal. Uh, that's fairly easy to do. Um, the, the complex part is how to change that digital signal going through air, traveling to, you know, to this device, headphones, and then change it from digital to analog really fast without any distortion, without anything added, and then amplify it accordingly to what the driver really needs um, and keep, you know, really, really high quality of sound. And all of that technology, which is usually like a one or two rack units somewhere in a studio, would need to be inside every inch of these cups. Mm. Right? So it would be nice to be foldable. It would be nice to have battery in there. You need a battery. Right? Yeah. So all of that, and then you want to have great acoustics and great sound reproduction. It's... Not impossible, but nearly. Yeah, and, and probably cost prohibitive to get so expensive that it would be. Yeah, I mean, will you pay two thousand euros just to have it wireless? Right, right. The same quality. You won't, right? So it's it doesn't make sense. Well, my, my right now, my father yeah. always told me I have I have uh, champagne tastes, but beer funds is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> So that's don't we all? <laughs> so, Rock, I guess um, uh, what what. Um, you know, what should people be looking out for? And throw out, what, let's throw out, is it, uh, I don't remember your, your website off the top of my head. Is it just all, Olo? Uh, Oloaudio.com, yeah. Oloaudio.com. So that's O-L-L-O-A-U-D-I-O.com. Um, and uh, yeah, what, what's coming next for, for uh, Rock? Do you have uh, your, your next album coming out soon too? Are you recording music? or? Oh, dude, I've been in my band like for, 25 years or something like that. And yeah. we've managed to re release one album. <laughs> okay. Well, you got a lot and, of... And that's almost 10 years ago. And then I, I, I live in the fantasy world, you know, where it's going to happen for us. It's going to happen for us. But we just, you know, 
keep on drinking beers and having fun. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the best part of playing music, though, is having a little, have a little something to drink, some yeah. beer or whatever, and and playing music. It I mean, is. I, I um. <laughs> I almost uh, sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't need to do it professionally. I'll just do it in my basement, and that's that's. Mm. I mean, I would I would almost be happy with that. I I don't know if ultimately at the end of my life I'd be like, oh, I didn't put anything out. But um, what what's the name? But of that your- is difficult. Sorry, that is difficult for you, right? You know, to keep kind of like the balance between having the passion and love for music and creating this stuff, but on the other side, uh, that's your bread and butter, right? Yeah. So, Bread, bread and butter. Yeah. So, how do you balance these these two things? Is it like a specific mindset that you had to learn, own, develop? Yeah, I mean, to to it can sometimes feel like a chore, especially gigs where you're, you know, I'm I'm in my 40s now. So when you're you're carrying equipment to places up and down stairs mm. in the middle of the summer, sometimes you question, all right, am I? What am I doing here? Um, <laughs> Uh, and and even releasing, you know, with the band, you know, sometimes you get into to, you know arguments or, or disagreements about what should be, you know, how should we have it? Even the mixes and masters, right? Like people have different uh, different um, thoughts on how they should be, and, and a lot of times that'll be mm. you know, something that that within a band you, you kind of disagree on, and and you work it out, and sometimes you you, you fight, and at the end of the day you're like, oh, I just give up on all of this and whatever. Um, so you want to keep it you know, you want to keep it fun and you want to keep it passionate, um, but still have some sort of business mindset about it where it is, you know, mm. you're creating a product for someone else to hear. And if you want to convey, so here's, here's a weird, a weird quote I'll do from uh, Tony Robbins of all people. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if this is an exact quote, do you know, who Tony Robbins is, yeah, of course. Have you heard of the, yeah, the the motivational guy? So um, he said once, "It's not the job of the person that you're communicating to to understand what you're saying. It's your job as a communicator to uh, communicate in a way that allows them to be able to understand." Um, and so, when you're creating music, if you find that people aren't um, resonating with what you're doing, um, it's not, it's not, the, some, sometimes musicians can be like, oh, you know, no one's listening to me, the mm-hmm. tortured mm-hmm. artist, mm-hmm. I feel right. Um, but ultimately, if you're communicating uh, what you're feeling, likelihood is that other people are feeling those same emotions, you're just maybe not communicating in a way that is, um, that is getting across to them or having them actually understand it. And so I think that, um, you know, the biggest, the biggest challenge is, again, trying to express yourself and using music almost as, as a therapy or as, you know, fun and, and being passionate about it, but then also taking a look at it and say, how am I communicating this so that um, the people listening actually feel something from it um, and feel maybe what I'm trying to put in there, or maybe they put their own twist on what they're feeling. Um, and, and, and I think that's, that's the balance is, is because once you, you know, once you connect with people, I think the business side of it, I mean, you need to know a little bit about business, but the business side of it, the, the sales of it, people wanting to listen to your music, wanting to watch what you're doing will just come naturally. Um, mm-hmm. and I think same with your products, you know, the, the, the passion, right. the love that goes into it and how you feel about it is great, but you're also taking into account 
you know, the, the feedback, of course, of, of the professionals that are going to be using it. Um, and so you need to, again, like we were talking about before, detach a little bit from the product and take a look at how are you communicating? How are you, you know, what is the product communicating to the people that are using it? What is the song communicating mm. to the people that are listening to it? Um, and mm. not necessarily alter your vision or alter, you know, like, um, like you don't uh, don't sell your soul to the devil as it were um, mm. but take a serious look at it you know are you communicating in a way that people can understand it um so but, i don't know it's it's difficult rock you know it's difficult to keep keep passion and keep doing the business side of it too but um i don't know if i figured that out yet myself <laughs> but you know as long as you're aware of this you know balance game then then you can kind of manage it um there, there was a, a thought that sparkled while you were um um explaining this um in communicating communication in general um well specifically in in, in audio or in music and so on songwriting um it comes down to a, a association with something else so i'll give you an example um, you know the song uh, from the the movie Rocky Balboa, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, you now I have the tiger. Right? So um, it's a song that, not necessarily as a songwriter, not necessarily there was an idea for you know what it represents today. Yeah. Right. So the so the the song was overpowered by the visuals and the story that it represents them. Right. So now. Um, and I'm using that with my kids, you know, when uh, when we go uh, on a soccer a soccer game, I, uh, I'm actually just, you know, making little videos, home videos, stuff like that. And I always try to be the funny commentator guy. Um, and I do that, you know, with just phone and, and I put that song in all the way up so everybody hears it, right? It's like, let's go. And so there is an association of the song, just the, the melody of it, uh, that brings some emotion and even prompts action. Right, so that's really strong in terms of what music and the song can actually deliver. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that in communication, sure, you have a song which is your medium to communicate something, but it's not alone. It should not be alone, especially in a modern world. A great example of that would be the songwriter uh, Aurora, if you've heard of her. Um, so she does that with environmental kind of topics, right? So she has her songs that are great but she's environmentally very active, right? So whenever you hear her song, you have that emotional kind of connection between what she represents and the songs just came along. So it's now being joined together into some like more coherent uh, story, I guess. So that's important from my perspective. I, I like that. Yeah, and I think that, um, uh, I think that uh, communication, especially nowadays, um, can be, uh, in the in the days of uh, you know social media and that sometimes can be kind of one sided and, and people forget um, that, that kind of we're all human and and the need to connect is is there which is probably why most of what humans do is what we do you know making music and creating things it's all about kind mm -hmm. of with other individuals and yeah you're you know you're making some money and whatever to survive but ultimately I think you wouldn't have the passion to continue doing those very difficult things like building a company and and building headphones in your garage and whatever, if it mm. wasn't backed by the, the desire uh, to connect with people and, and yeah. share almost your, your life experience, because what essentially, you know, from what I read about your, um, 
uh, on your website there is that it was a, a need that you had. You found, okay, I really wanted a pair of headphones that were like the headphones that you're making now. Um, and so mm-hmm. that, that connection with other, you know, other professionals out there that are doing the same thing that have the same need. Um, you know, I feel like you probably have some joy in seeing them enjoy the headphones. Mm, uh, absolutely. Imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we're, we're going to be shut down by the zoom, um, the ghost of zoom past here. Um, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> no, actually my camera died already. So <laughs> like a minute, a minute or two ago. Lots of, lots of technical, uh, issues. Yeah. The show today, but that's all right because this is our first. Uh, this is our first remote one. What I'd like to do, like I said, I think I might have to come out there. And if if I do, what what is the the food? Uh, what food should I have, and where should I go to get that food? Rock. Ah, Jesus! It's uh, that's a difficult one. Uh, so basically, in the Adriatic region, not just Slovenia, we have something that's called Chivakčići. Um, which is basically just like similar to meatballs in, in America, um, slightly different. Uh, so that would be something that you need to try in the Baltics, uh, sorry, the Adriatic uh, region, and the Balkan region, if you will. Um, but obviously, we are like super close to Italy, so it's basically like I don't know. It's like oh, is it like Ita- like Italian? Do you have pastas and stuff like that? Is that a big thing there? Or is it mostly- yeah, it is. It is. It, it would be pasta, it would be pizza, so all of these Italian things. Uh, a lot of meat, actually, it's still very, very popular. Um, yeah, you know, it, we were kind of like, if you're talking just Slovenia, per se, right? We are like the mix of the ex-Yugoslavia, right? Um, then on the north, we have the German influence, uh, and on the west, we have Italian influence, right? So our country was occupied by Italians and was occupied by Germans, and we were part of the you know, Adriatic uh, Yugoslavia as well, which is has or had ties with Russia as well. So, you know, Slovenia is really small. We're just 2 million people, uh, really tiny, really beautiful. Uh, but in terms of, you know, nationality, it's really mixed in the past, you know, uh, similar, similar to events, the- I guess. Yeah. And how it's mixed. I just watched some, uh, uh, some documentary last night about the a lot of German immigrants coming in during like the late 1890s uh, into New York City, mm. from mm. New York originally. So I was just watching and how some of the words that we use in in English and American English to come from German, you know, mm. words and stuff like that. So uh, very interesting. Okay, so we're gonna run out of time if I don't if I don't stop this ahead of time. But Rock, uh, anything you want to plug before uh, we end the episode here? Mm. Not really. I mean, it's it's been really, really cool. Uh, and I really enjoyed um, your angle uh, on doing the podcast. And, you know, you have a technical guy on, on this side, uh, but we didn't really talk too much technical stuff, which is what I really love and, and appreciate. By yeah, well, how about, how about we do this? How about we do a follow-up when I've gotten all my, my technical uh, issues all in order for remote a podcast, which should be in the next day or so, honestly, <laughs> we can schedule another <laughs> one and maybe we do a little bit of a deep dive on some of the technical stuff and, and you could do maybe some show and tell. If you that. want. Yeah, I would. I, I would if, 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 if you want, that's, uh, that's fine, of course. Yeah. I mean, not this week, but maybe we'll, uh, we'll schedule it for either December or after the, the new year or something, uh, or actually before Christmas might be good because people are buying headphones for each other for Christmas <laughs> to get into all that. Sure. Sure. Uh, sure. Rock, not a problem. Uh, Olo audio.com o l l o 
A-U-D-I-O, if I can spell .com, yeah. um, is where you can get the headphones. Like I said, I wear them all the time. I use them uh, constantly um, for both mixing and for this podcast here. So um, go check them out if you got the, uh, if you got the need. And uh, Rock, I appreciate it. I'm, I'll let you have your Saturday back. I know you're in the, in the <laughs> office on the weekend. So thank you for, for joining me. And uh, we'll see you guys all on the next episode. Thanks. Stay safe and sound. Bye.